On She Goes, the podcast is brought to you by Travel Portland. Explore all that Portland has to offer, from their bustling restaurant scene to their breathtaking waterfalls and hiking trails. Check out TravelPortland.com for more information on how you can experience Portland. Hello, welcome to the second installment of the On She Goes podcast. Uh, My name is Sarita Wesley, and this time around, On She Goes is doing something a little different. We're going to be hosted by the On She Goes team members. I feel like I said On She Goes hella much right there. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Um, You guys can uh, go around and introduce yourselves if you'd like. Okay. Hi, I'm Rebecca. Hi, I'm Madon. Hi, I'm Des. Hey, Amy here in a closet in Mississippi. (laughs) (laughs) So um, we'll be releasing episodes every other week and we'll be covering a range of topics from ancestry to food to adventure travel and even the great outdoors, which is what today's episode is about. But before we do that, um, we're going to do a little segment that I'd like to call This Is For You If. Um, Basically... Forever and since we started this project, people have been asking us uh, why we exist, what is the purpose of us, why can't we just look at travel and leisure like everyone else? Um, A lot of people don't understand why women of color need a separate platform for travel. We exist so that women of color have a place to see themselves in mainstream travel media and uh, to inspire them to travel more confidently, more adventurously, and more often as our mission states. And so with This Is For You If, I'll go first. Uh, This is for you if you are tired of having to confirm, then reconfirm, and then confirm again with a flight attendant that this first class seat is in fact actually yours. Ooh, that makes me think of that Solange piece on the train with her mom. Oh, yeah. Where was that? that? I think it was, I don't know why France comes to mind, but just needing to have her ticket checked when nobody else's ticket was being checked. And probably the most famous person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if you don't know who Solange is, you know Tina Knowles. Looks exactly like an older Beyonce, right? House of Knowles. I know who Tina Knowles is. (laughs) Like, she's obviously going to look way more fabulous than the majority of the trains, so Mm -hmm. that should be an indication (laughs) of something. It's like, you know, and I feel like that happens a lot, because I feel like it, it probably happens to famous people of color more often than they like to talk about. Yeah. You know, where it's like they're trying to move through the world and do their little famous thing, and it's like there's someone that's like, I don't know. Didn't Oprah get, like, yeah. kicked out of Hermes or something? It was the Hermes store, and Ooh. she asked to see a bag, and I watched this video a couple times because, you know, how much I love Oprah. Um, she asked him to take down a bag, and she was like, oh, no, 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 that's way too expensive. And then Oprah was like, no, but I would really like to see the bag. And she was like, no, 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 I'm sorry. It's just going to disappoint you once you see the price. You can't, you can't afford it. And she was like, okay. And she walked out with her billions. That is so crazy. Does anyone else have any uh, this is for you if... Um, so for me, when I think about On She Goes and I think about travel, um, I always think about movement as women of color and our freedom to move and be who we are in our fullest expression. And so um, even though I'm not traveling every day, I'm walking through my neighborhood every day and we live in Portland, Oregon. So 
more times than not, I'm one of the only people that looks like me on my walk to work. So um, this is for you if you want to be able to move freely in the world or down your block um, and be fully yourself without being concerned about being too much. Mm. Being team too much. That's <laughs> no, that is that is yeah. like that's a real thing, too. Like, I think about that a lot, especially when I walk into a bar and then I'm like the only person of color in the bar. And I'm like, I should leave this bar. Mm. Like, I should find another bar. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's just like it's it's nerve wracking sometimes. And then sometimes you stick it out and you're like, this isn't bad. Yeah. But but, you know, is it because you're afraid of something happening or standing out too much or being stared at or like why what, what makes that, you uncomfortable is the discomfort just too much sometimes the discomfort's too much and i said i wouldn't censor myself so i'm not going to sometimes i get really scared of drunk white men i think a lot of that's women real. do <laughs> i'm very scared of drunk white men like that's like a real thing for me that like if a, i feel like it's a getting... fully american concern in 2017 mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. It can do a lot of damage. It's just like, it just seems like, uh, it seems hazardous. It seems careless to put myself in a situation where I might encounter uh, trouble. I don't want no trouble. Mm-hmm. Amy, you have anything to add for uh, This Is For You If? Yeah, I was just thinking about how I feel like On She Goes is for if you want to hear stories about um, experiences for people who look like you. Because I often think that like in this world where we talk about travel culture, um, for so long it's been from perspectives of mostly white folks, especially white men. I mean, like, you know, if we're watching TV and we're thinking of like, um, what are some of the best travel shows? I I automatically think of like Anthony Bourdain. Um, And it means something to like see somebody from our communities out in the world, like traipsing around, um, just being glamorous. (laughs) Uh, Actually, like last night I was doing this thing, which is like kind of weird and creepy, but um, so my cousins who are like 10 or 15 years older than me, they have kids that are like in their early 20s and they don't know me because like we didn't grow up together. But like I was doing this thing where I was like going down a rabbit hole where I was following their social medias and like looking at what they're doing. These two people who have no idea that exists, right? But I knew their their mom or their dad. And I saw, like, one of my cousin's daughters just went on, like, um, this, like, month-long Europe trip. And it's just so, like, endearing to see somebody in my family who's so young. Cause she must be, I think she just graduated college and already doing this when I know that, like, me and my cousins, our parents kind of really scared us about seeing the world and like going out there, especially as young women. So I guess I'm just confessing to the fact that I was stalking my cousins. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, why did your parents scare you about going into the world? For my parents, because they're refugees and they came to this country where they didn't know the language where they literally didn't have like a whole American dollar between them. And the culture was so different and I'm their firstborn and I, I was, a, I am a girl. Um, I think they thought that like every terrible thing that could possibly happen to a person, especially to a young woman would happen to me. And like, I would be lying if I didn't admit that. I was also really scared for a long time. Um, except that like when I was in my mid twenties, I um, ended up living in China for a year, and I was apprehensive about traveling within the country. And I always try to like travel with people, but there was a point where at my job, um, 
I had like a holiday break and there was nobody around to travel with. So I just got up and like went to Shanghai by myself. I think that if I had thought really hard about it, I probably would not have gone. But because like I didn't have time to think about it, I just like got on a train and went. I think that sometimes um, when you are raised to be so fearful, you can't think about being scared. Um, it did take me time to like let go of that fear, but I'm so glad I did because I know that like it's obviously healthy and helpful to be conscientious about your surroundings, but also like to not let it hold you back. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel you on that because I'm like in the same boat where my parents came to this country um, fleeing war and for oldest firstborn, oldest girl, and just being the guinea pig of the family of like, we can't fuck up with you. And even though it didn't feel (laughs) like it was a fear in regards to travel, but it was an everyday fear of like, once you leave this house, and I'm coming to terms with it, with them being strict, just out of the fact that they don't know this country. And it's completely brand new. And everything you know about America is unsafe. And I grew up in Oakland. So it's just like, even more so. Um, and so that that was always tricky. Like, they were always trying to find ways to keep us safe in different ways. So, like, when it did come to travel or when I did go off to college, it was things like, oh, like my dad saying, um, having braids will make you look even more ethnic, you know, like just try to blend in. They were of the era of assimilation of, like, how can you try to blend in? Like, I, I went to... Um, preschool and didn't know English apparently. Now I can't, I could barely speak my language, but I came home and couldn't speak English with my classmates. And so then we just stopped speaking to Grenya at home and it was always English. So then I kind of like lost it there because it was like, what can you do to blend in and not, and to keep you, like, how could we keep you safe? And a part of that had to do with taking like parts of my culture away. Um, I would say on the assimilating or watering down parts of your culture. I mean, I didn't grow up being taught Spanish. And I think one of the reasons why is because they both grew up speaking Spanish as like second generation uh, Mexican-Americans growing up in LA. They would come home and get in trouble for speaking Spanish in school. So Spanish was being spoken around me in my household and my grandma was like teaching me words here and there. But like, I didn't grow up being taught to speak it. So in high school, it was hella embarrassing when I was like getting a C in Spanish. Like just because I was like Mexican-American didn't mean I was going to ace a Spanish class. Um, So also we're going to talk about some hot topics um, related to travel, related to women of color, related to women's rights, um, race relations, travel media, politics, and even other things. Because, you know, sometimes we get mad about stuff and we need to vent too. Um, so Rebecca, you brought up something really interesting about Saudi Arabia. I did, who just recently allowed women to drive across the country, which was previously prohibited. It's not really a, it's travel related, like, I mean, I guess domestically, but it's more so about the mobility and, um, ability to travel within one's own land, um, because women weren't able to drive which it seemed like it was incredibly noble when I first heard about it. It seems incredibly interesting. It'll be like a boom in the economy, all that fun stuff. They had the really nice Ford ad with the woman with like the beat face looking through the rearview mirror and her brows are like impeccable, beautiful, impeccable, (laughs) impeccably manicured. But then I was reading this Quartz article today that kind of turned me off, which I was telling you guys about before, but how um, 
their government's private investment fund pumped a few billion dollars into Uber. And so they've been sitting in those board meetings over the past year. So this was kind of like not as fortuitous as they want you to think. It's probably just more of like a corporate um, a corporate play to get uh, women drivers for Uber. And Uber's actually setting up driving lessons and a driving compound to teach women to drive for Uber specifically in Saudi Arabia. So it wasn't, the Uber thing didn't happen on the sneak tip before they were allowed to drive, right? Like as a way to make money or? Mm, so they have another competing like ride share. And that one was actually made by like a, a local man who is a, a German expat. What is it called? It's called Kareem. So that's the one that existed there. And they, um, I don't know if they had women drivers, but then last year, actually, it was June of 2016, they gave them $3.5 billion. Okay, so then yes. <laughs> yeah. It seems like it's just kind of like a, I can't exactly say that that kind of caused it, but I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the air in terms of like, women getting more rights and women being more seen and being more vocal. So I think that had a large part to do with it, but I don't think that that money didn't help. Mm -hmm. um, I wonder, do you guys, when you guys travel, do you guys take Uber and like other ride share, like car share? I take Lyft. Take Lyft when you're like out of the country? Oh, no. I usually use like the local cab company. Yeah, yeah. me okay. too. Mm -hmm. I took um, Uber when I was in Mexico City. A lot of the locals were saying that as tourists, sometimes it's more safe to take Uber because you're kind of being tracked by an app. I mean, it's so mm. shitty to oh, say. Yeah. Um, and then also uh, because the app tells you exactly how much you're going to pay, so you're like less likely to get ripped off. Mm. So you have to like balance that with knowing that you're supporting like kind of a really awful company. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but it was something that I was, I was like kind of grateful to have that access, but then you also would have to have like cellular access on your phone right. to use it at the same time. I've also done public transportation internationally because um, at least when I went to Europe and the places that I was at, there was always some sort of like train from the airport. So I tended to hop on like a train subway thing. Yeah, I was gonna say, at least like usually when I travel alone, I will try to figure out the train system of the place that I'm going. Like I figured out Stockholm's and I figured out um, Copenhagen's mm -hmm. myself. It's like one line, because it's a much smaller country, so. And the best part about taking public transportation when you're abroad is that like, you feel like you've really achieved something. Yeah. <laughs> and you mm -hmm. can like pat yourself yeah. on the back and go get, go get a beer because you took the fucking train from the airport. Right. right. <laughs> Especially if it's in another language. I'm like, okay, I could take the subway in New York now if I could get around Milan. Yeah. <laughs> um, Today's discussion is about women of color versus nature, AKA I like to call it, I can't get my hair wet. Um, because that's what I've said many times when I've been about to get into a pool or something like, I can't get my hair wet, I can't get my hair wet. My mom would be like, it would be like pool day at school. My mom used to braid our hair starting from the bottom, like around, all the way around like this in a cornrow to the top. And then we'd have like one braid, like one long ponytail that was just like braided up. And that was supposed to last me at least for like four days, you know? And then we'd have um, like swimming day at camp at the YMCA and my mom would be like, you get that hair wet. <laughs> It's gonna be a wrap for you. <laughs> like, and the swimming caps don't work. They don't, they don't work. work. You still get your hair wet. At least uh, the kitchen. Yes. At least the kitchen and the edges. 
So anyway, we are uh, five very different women, all from different backgrounds, cities, etc. Um, and I can only speak for myself when I say that I have some serious apprehension around nature, uh, especially when it comes to traveling. Um, I'm not super juiced about camping. And uh, I've had panic attacks on rivers, <laughs> as we've witnessed yes. a couple weeks ago. And I'm not even, like, 100% sure what, like, backpacking is even. Like, I don't understand. Like, just put a backpack on, you walk or something? Like, I don't really get it. Um, so, like, the outdoors are super... <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. And so the outdoors are, like, super foreign to me. Um, and to kind of, like, open this up, Marone, you saw, like, a pretty cool quote about the outdoors. Or you had a cool, cool quote about the outdoors. Like, yeah, um, I share some of the same feelings as Sarita, but uh, this quote that I came across, we were sharing some articles about um, a woman who's going to go on a solo bike trip through Egypt. And what she said was, I got to find her name too. I'm going to find her name. But what she said was, first, I believe that we grow the most within nature. The most valuable lessons I've learned in my life were while hiking in the desert or climbing a mountain or so on. And this is exactly what I want to do. So I thought that was really cool because, um, you know, I've just been, Des and I have these conversations, but just how connected you feel while being in nature and I felt her in that but just this idea of like life lessons and growing through nature a lot of times I think of like growth happening through experiences with people but just um, being connected to something so vast um, and so not man-made is really dope so I was like oh that's an interesting perspective Um, especially because like my mom she's not outdoorsy at all but she'll always like push us to go do that because that's what Americans do. (laughs) Um, And she's just like, it'll be good. Go skiing. Go do all these things. Um, So it was always interesting because I'm like, okay, I don't really understand why you want us to do these things. Um, But I think it's a little bit in understanding like the value and growth that comes with it Um, and probably just the ability to relate to other people who share that interest. I think that's a really powerful first line. I think you grow the most in nature as you all know, I'm a passionate, aspiring, uh, rugged outdoors woman. Um, I would I love say that I, you added rugged. I, I would yeah. say because you got to throw rugged in there. I would say I'm like intermediate level outdoors person. I'm not advanced. I'm I'm trying to get to advanced, but I mean, there's still stuff that freaks me out. And moving to Portland five years ago, I personally was like, I'm gonna go to Portland and like become an outdoors person. I really like how I feel after hiking. And like when you have those moments, those first moments where you get done with like an eight mile hike and you feel like endorphins and you feel like this natural adrenaline running through your body, you feel clean. Like that for me was so addictive that I was like, this is it. I'm sold. Like this is like a really easy way for me to clear my head and feel really good about myself. And when, you, when you're done hiking up to the top of whatever hike it is and you're in this huge expanse of space, you realize like, wow, there is this entire other world out there that has nothing to do with my professional growth in an office, an email thread with people, bills, automated whatever, like it, that all just becomes so small in that moment. And you're like, wow, I feel so free. 
So, anyways. I can dig that. (laughs) But what about, like, the thing about it, though, I think, I just don't have, I don't have a lot of experience with outdoors. And I feel like um, when I actually started to do things outdoors, I was dating a guy from Iowa. (laughs) And I went on, he had been begging me to go floating, 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 floating. And I was like, you know what, I'll try. And they're like, it's fun, we're going to get some beer, get a sandwich. It's going to be great. <laughs> so I got some beer and a sandwich. And I was chilling. We were like, everything was great. We were on the Makokota River. Everything was super, super great. And I was just floating and going ahead. And then the the time to get off, there was no sign that said, you know, you have to get off the river here. So it came really abruptly. And so I had to, like, get off and try to, like, pull and stuff. But then the water started to get really, really rapid. And we ended up not making it off the river and ended up going down like two miles past the uh, the drop off point, and so and the river got really like rushing to the point like I was like kind of freaking out. I mean I can swim, but like um, my ex's mom was like super small. She's like four feet tall, and she kept like she couldn't really stand up. The water got really deep. I had to like save her from drowning pretty much, um, and then. We ended up having to pull over to the other side and had to walk two miles back through dense woods to get back across the other side of the river. So they had to come get us in like a canoe. But like she lost her phone. We lost all the food we have. Obviously sandwich gone, beer gone. Um, Like everything we had was gone. That was like, I was like, you know what? I said to myself, Sarita, don't take your ass on this river. I said it. You know what I mean? And like, I feel like I have to follow my instincts a lot of times, you know? And then like, it wasn't until, honestly, until I moved to Portland that I got back on the river. And I mean, I I guess everybody by this time, whoever's listening knows that we live in Portland. Um, and most of us, <laughs> most of us are transplants, except for Amy doesn't live in Portland right now. Amy lives in Mississippi, but she's by way of Portland. Um, most of us are transplants and we're all from like different cities, uh, major cities at that. And I think coming to Portland helped me get more, uh, more confidence, I guess, in the great outdoors. Like I remember going floating for the first time and getting invited to go floating. I was terrified. Like I was super, super scared the whole time. I was like, well, it's going to happen again. This is today's the day. Thank you know, take me now, Lord. It's fine. I remember when you went back out for the first time. Yeah, it was super. I was yeah. very scared. But then I had so much fun. But I also went, well, no, that's no, you not lost, true. No, you that lost your, fir- time. your phone that first time. Yeah, no, that first time. So I tried to see what I'm saying. I tried wet. to block it out. <laughs> no, <laughs> I tried to block it out. This is why. But that wasn't the fault of the river. It was a fault of uh, ill preparation and people thinking that they can, like, drink Hennessy and, like... Literally had a bottle of Hennessy. And it wasn't me, because I was so scared that I was, like, ready, even though I did have on a thong bikini, which was a huge mistake for river floating. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, that was the first time. But the, the next couple of times I went, and it was really great. And I do think, like, to Portland's credit, I've gone hiking, um... I've, I do feel more confident doing things on the river. I, I'm definitely very different than I was than I, when I lived in New York. I wouldn't have even attempted to do, like, Des convinced us to go whitewater rafting recently. <laughs> um, and You should see Rebecca's face right now. <laughs> it was fun, though. After I called to Jesus many times, it was very fun. Yeah, I just don't like not knowing what's happening. I'm not a not adventurous person. Like, I grew up in Chicago, and so 
I was kind of laughing when you were talking about like going on these real trips because we used to take nature walks down the streets of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> nature walks. We would go down Halston. It was like a jewel on the left side and probably like a liquor store on the right side. And we were like, oh, it's a nature walk. Uh, a Jewel Osco? A Jewel Osco. <laughs> Um, What's like, Joe It's like a grocery store. It's like uh, a local cake. <laughs> so, um, but, I mean, there's still, there's wilderness in Illinois. We don't have mountains or anything, but we do have waterfalls, and we have cute little forests. And, like, we grew up around the street, uh, around the corner from a forest. And then, of course, when I moved to New York, and everybody's like, the wilderness. And when they say wilderness in New York, they mean go up to Storm King, yeah. which is an art installation. And, like... <laughs> So I'm like, I'm not going to... controlled space. What is this? It's like a mirrored fence. I'm like, oh, this is cute for an Instagram, but, like, where are the trees slash bears slash danger? So <laughs> moving to Portland has been incredibly interesting for me. I, I've climbed a mountain, which was incredibly exciting. Oh, cool. I've gone on a lot of trips. I have, like, a, a friend group who really wants to get me to do nature stuff because they think I don't know how to do anything. And then they're all really excited when I say yes. And it's like, I'm not scared. It's just, like there was no opportunity to do this where I've been and where I've lived. Mm -hmm. I think Portland specifically, even Portland Metro, has so much good stuff that you could just sort of try on and see if you like. And it's kind of interesting to hear you guys kind of combine like wilderness and fear. Those two things kind of go hand in hand in like both of what you guys just talked about. And now because you could sort of just do some research around what you would feel comfortable with instead of throwing yourself into a hike where you would see a bear and it would be scary. I have never seen a bear on a hike. And so I don't know what that feels like, but I just talked to a friend who she did this huge excursion in Idaho and she had a bear charge at her. And she was telling me the story of how she was in Idaho and she was on the trail and then she saw these baby cubs and then she saw the mother see her and they had this, this like standoff and then the mother started coming towards her. Is there really a standoff? You know, she was doing everything she was supposed to be doing, which was like maintaining eye contact, not um, moving too quickly or suddenly. And so the bear started coming towards her. And so she like made herself as big as possible. And she growled and screamed at the top of her lungs with her arms up in the air over and over and over again, like, Rawr! and then the bear stopped, like raised her face to the sky and closed her eyes and then just like walked away. And then my friend got the fuck out of there. All I'm saying is like, there's a spectrum. That's a very far extreme end of it. And you could kind of exist wherever you want to in the beginning and in the middle. So that's true. But listening, listening to your stories reminds me of like why uh, the way my parents felt as we were growing up, because they were always like, you know, we pay so much money for our mortgage in the house that you live in. And we pay like for electricity and gas and water bills. Like we're going to live in the house that we pay for instead yeah. of like sleeping in nature. Mm -hmm. um, so that was like something that I really had to learn to like let go and know that like being in nature is actually really, like you guys are saying, like soul enriching and like so beautiful and like you get to breathe real serious fresh air. But just because I'm paying rent doesn't mean that I need to like stay in my apartment or my house all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's real. That is true. Yeah, I feel like the two things that I've learned, because 
I, I wouldn't say I'm super outdoorsy at all, but when people ask me about my summer, my highlights are always things that I do outside. Like I went floating twice this summer and I went to three pools in Detroit, Oregon and like jumped off of rocks into the water. Yeah, that was last summer actually, but it was a little scary. That's but I awesome. Did it. That is. Um, the first time I went floating, I um, made our car be like a cool 45 minutes late because I needed to find a life jacket and didn't realize that the water would only go up to your knees. <laughs> <laughs> so I was definitely like, no, guys, I need this life jacket. And my mom gassed me up, too. And she was like, yeah, you should get one. I was like, I know, right? Like, I so need one. I don't know what they're talking about. So I went to Dog Mountain, which is out. Is it technically in Washington? It's on the Washington side, yeah. Yeah. And my homegirl, who was very athletic, um, was like, oh, it's like a moderate hike. I was like, okay, for sure. It was not. Um, <laughs> dog, whoop, dog Mountain has whooped my ass, and I'm a hiker. Man, it was so hard. It's and so I was hard. just like, Emil, please help me. Like, he was walking me down the hill. But, like, when I got to the bottom, when you were saying it feels like an achievement in cleansing, it felt like when I finished my first half marathon, which is a whole other story that I probably shouldn't have done, but... That was an experience. But I definitely cried. Like, I came down. I was like, oh, my God, I did it. Like, I finished. I'm hurting. And I'm crying. And I'm like, I don't All these emotions kind of, like, came up. Mm -hmm. So it was an experience. Um, I'm probably going to work my way up before I go back there again. But, yeah. I, um, when I first moved here, I went to the Oneata Gorge which is like, it's like a 20 minute drive from the center of the city. And um, the Oneata Gorge is basically like the hike that you have to like hike over. A, first, you have to climb over a ton of fallen trees. And then you have to like wade through like waste sometimes like chest high water. And it's usually really cold. And then eventually the water eases out. And then there's like a huge swimming hole. You can jump off and jump it like off the rocks. I was like, wow, this is so beautiful. And I felt so accomplished. And I still feel really accomplished about that one. And uh, then I went to this one at Silver Falls State Park, which is like a 10-mile hike. And we actually talk about Silver Falls in the episode of Travel Hacks that uh, we did Silver Falls of the Five Must See and Do for Women of Color. Because there's so many waterfalls. And, like, I had never seen waterfalls like this before where you can actually walk behind them. And so, like, they're just over your face. It's almost like being in the islands. Mm -hmm. But 10 miles is a lot, too. Like, my ankles were, like, sore. I also had on some, like, Nikes, like some Jays or something. Trying to be cute. Yeah, trying to be cute. Thinking, like, <laughs> like huge mistake. That's, like, mistake number one. Don't try to be cute. Um, no. Oh, my God. That is such a good one. Yeah. Don't try to be cute. Let it go, you yeah, guys. Yeah, let it let go. Let it go. Put let your hair go. up. You're not there to be you, cute. Yeah, put it back. Get it out of your face. It's going it, to be hot. So I think of sneakers, but then I'm also like, I got these water shoes now, and I'm like, would I wear water shoes instead? I would. I mean, I think anything with ankle support. Oh, like not hiking boots. Shoes. I think learning hiking boots is like a Portland rite of passage. And also understanding and accepting that when you buy a first real pair of hiking boots, know that they're going to get dirty, they're going to get beat up, they're going to get fully emerged in water sometimes, and that is okay. That's why they're hiking boots. Like, you can't go buy gear and then be like, I don't want to mess them up. Like, no, no, no. But Let it go. But no, exactly. you got to break them in. I got to keep them fresh. You know? I don't know. Fresh I don't know about box. that. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I wore Horachis on my first hike. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 
disappointed when they got messed up. Oh, oh my god. god. There was like a special edition Horachis with like snake skin on the side. Oh no, Rebecca. <laughs> okay, that's all the shoes that Rebecca know. has. Yeah. Right. Literally. It's a mess. And I was like, these edition. look wildernessy. They got snake skin on them. Take them out. Try them out. I've I've taken hikes in like vans and usually I just wear my running shoes because I don't have hiking gear either. Um, yeah. But I should. I mean, that's something I just never thought of. Uh, like I did this one hike when I was in Nepal, like in the Annapurna circuit, and it was like, it fucked me up. It was forty miles, and I think yeah. it was normally yeah, it's normally like a seven day hike, but for some reason we had time constraints, uh, so we did it in five days. And by the end of the hike, like, cause I maybe it's because I was having the, I didn't have the right gear. I just was wearing my running shoes. Um, my knees were so jacked. I was like. I almost wanted them to send a horse to bring me down, but the trail, the trail oh is like God. so scary that like if I had a horse, I probably would have been more scared because it's like really steep, you know. Yeah. Luckily, I had hit up um, a pharmacy in Kathmandu beforehand, so I bought hella um, ibuprofen. So I, I'm no joke. I took like a dozen ibuprofen and just powered through that last day. And then- and then when we like finally finished and got into our van, I passed the fuck out as we were like driving back to our hostel. <laughs> but it's like, I don't, I, I mean, like, because if you're an inexperienced outdoors person, you don't think of how important gear is. And I had, I had these fucking running shoes I was wearing. That was, that was a long time. It was like 10 years ago. And literally, it wasn't until right this moment where I'm like, oh, maybe I should have worn hiking shoes. Like right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when I went on the, I, I did another one in, in Portland fairly recently. It was like a Angel's Rester. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was, first of all, like, I, I showed up like how I look now, um, which is pretty much like I have on a, a 2 chain shirt, some hoop earrings, and some red lipstick. Like, I showed up pretty much like exactly how I look. And my girlfriend Lucy was like, girl, no, like, you're going to not want to wear that. Take off those earrings. They're going to get caught on something. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, we went, and it was so beautiful. Like, I would honestly recommend, whenever I have family visit, I always want to take them, like, on something nature, even if it's just, like, Forest Park right up here. Like, I just want them to see how beautiful the landscapes of Portland are. It's so beautiful in the Pacific Northwest. And, like, going up um, Angel's Dress, I saw, like, waterfalls and trees and all types of, like, plants, moss. That It just looked like Fern Gully. I didn't feel like I was in, like, a major city. I felt like I was in a beautiful place. Rain, rainforest. Yeah, like, yeah, I felt like I was in a rainforest. It was so beautiful. And it was, like, there was, like, a little bit of a dew. Maybe I was just in my feelings. But, like... <laughs> Tears. Yeah, maybe it was my own tears hitting my hitting my face, but like I just it was really nice and and it was like I think it was a couple hours up and a couple hours down and I did feel super accomplished. I took a mean ass nap after, but like it made everything else that I did afterwards like super worth it. Like that was probably like a really hardcore Portland day. Like I went and got coffee in the morning at like Stumptown and then like I met up, drove out to the gorge, did the hike. Uh, and then, like, after the hike, like, came back down and had, like, um, oh, no, I had ribs. I had ribs from, uh, <laughs> Where'd you go, Padnas? Yeah, I went to Padnas. Oh, my God, I've totally gone to Padnas after a big hike before. I'm so hungry. You're like, I need meat. I need protein immediately. Oh, my God. I had, like, a nice beer, chill. Like, it was just a good feeling and then like took a strong ass nap it was great (laughs) so yeah if you i would definitely suggest like portland's a cool place to come if you want to do like nature stuff and obviously you can get some ribs 
One thing I will one thing I will say is like pushing your limits is part of that whole experience. Like doing an uphill hike is challenging and it hurts and it burns. And I think that some people are into it for the fitness aspect because it's something good for your lungs and your legs and your body and your mind. But then other people do it for like a whole science factor and nature and they like want to understand the way that whole piece of nature exists and its little ecosystem and the animals that need those natural plants and like what kind of like weather helps this landscape and so that's one thing I really was like there's this whole world of science lovers that go into nature for science reasons so both of those are really great reasons to do it um would you ever take a a trip out of the country solely for the act of like getting outdoors I would say not not 2017 me no maybe like 2019 2020 me um I'm not there yet I like with a vacation I like to completely shut off and not have to do anything and not have to think about anything so I can't imagine a destination wilderness thing but that said like when I just went to Greece we did a a 10 kilometer hike which is about like six miles from uh Ia in Santorini to theater which took like three hours and I was like okay so I was talking to my two friends that I went with I was like so it's a 20 minute bus ride or it's like a a three-hour hike and I was like hoping they would say let's do the bus and they were just like okay let's do the hike and I'm like no no no, guys but it's a 20 minute bus ride and it's three hour hike and they're like yeah yeah we'll do the hike we'll wake up and we'll do it I'm like you don't understand you have to wake up super early the sun comes out you're like no you guys didn't hear me yeah so like we did the hike and I almost died um so I was like yeah I don't this isn't for me this life isn't for me but afterwards I did feel incredibly accomplished um and it was beautiful I got to see all the views and get all the content all the pictures and all that fun stuff but yeah that really cemented it for me like that life was not for me and that is okay that is okay I'm okay with it I feel like the great outdoors is a little daunting and I always try to figure out like where where this came from and like Amy you brought up a good point about like you know when you have parents that like came to this country and like you know had really had to strive to like get things and like you know we pay mortgage for this house I'm not gonna go sleep outside like is it that passed down thought and feeling like of just being you know I think like something that's very common and prevalent that the National Park Service and the outdoor industry is starting to acknowledge and barely scratch the surface of and understand is that there is historical trauma for people of color associated with the outdoors and sleeping on the ground and being out in the middle of nowhere um, where they may feel unsafe. Um, And so that is, I think, a big part of maybe a lot of apprehension that exists there. Yeah, I feel like... um my one of my girl crushes, Jessamine. Um, she's a yogi, and there was something that she had said about like when you're the only one, it's easy to feel like you don't belong there. And like that came up for me and stuck with me when people would tell me things like, "Don't go to Eastern Oregon because you just won't be treated well," or "Don't go to Idaho; it's so beautiful, but you wouldn't want to go there." And it's just this feeling like, wait, like so you're encouraging this fear of not going there where it might not be problematic at all, but I'm coming in there with that perspective of like, either I'm not going to go or I don't belong there. So just because you don't see yourself there doesn't mean that you don't belong and that you have 
to be cheated out of experiences that other people get to totally have. yeah stepping out of your comfort zone is super important there's too much out there to not see it um and uh, I feel like maybe if people want to share their outdoors photos, if anyone's going on any cool hikes, backpacking for five days, like our girl here, um, or anything like that, they can tag us at onshegoes.com or just yep. at onshegoes. We're right? at onshegoes everywhere. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Yeah. And if you want to share any stories, we love to hear that or yeah. see yeah, that sure. or read that. And um, to answer Sarita's question and my question, um, what is backpacking? Because I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to close out with what is backpacking. Backpacking, um, that's basically camping and hiking out of your backpack for like several days in a row, not having access to a car, and probably pumping your own water from like streams and creeks and lakes and rivers. Um, yeah, living out of your backpack, hiking and camping, probably in a more remote area for a couple days in a row. Backpacking sounds like when I stay at my boyfriend's house during the week. <laughs> living out of an urban backpack like living urban out of a backpack it's just an overnight bag <laughs> um i also would like to know like uh if any any women of color out there uh what do you guys do for your hair and your skin and things like that if you are doing like outdoors things like i would like to know about that so if anybody wants to write us and talk to us about that or hit us on social so again, like the email is, um, it's hello at onshegoes.com. Yes. And likely Rebecca will respond to you. Yes. Uh, speaking of which, I took coconut oil packets on my river trip and oh, they were a hit. Oh, good. Mm. And they worked. Oh, nice. Yes. Trader Joe's has those little packets. The single packets are awesome. Yeah. That would be my tip. Pro tip. Oh, I have one thing I want to say. Um, I want to give a shout out. I went to the Work It podcast festival, which also works for Make It Work. Um, and I just want to give a shout out to Amina Tussaud, Jenna Weiss-Berman, Habenagatu, Tracy Coleman, who were all at the podcast festival and all our friends of On She Goes. And hearing everyone speak and the advice that they were giving was so awesome. So I'm just super thankful for that experience. Um, so I guess that's it. And thanks for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Talk to you guys later. Don't be afraid to give us your feedback. Bye. 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 Bye.